Welcome, everybody, to Powerhouse Sports Podcast. I'm one co-host, Tyler, and then get an introduction from the other co-host. Oh, there's me. My name is Matt, and I'll be your other co-host. All right, and so today, we'll be talking about a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball, and then some general hockey stuff. So what we're going to start off with today is Cowboys versus Saints. If you guys didn't know, the Cowboys, who are a middle-of-the-pack NFC team, dismantled the Saints' number one offense in the NFL last night. Won 13-10, wasn't pretty, but they still did it and shut down Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas, that whole high-powered offense. Um, what do you think, Matt? What do you think? Is it more of a worry for the Saints, do you think? Or is it more of a confidence booster if you're a Cowboys fan or a Cowboys team? I think it's definitely more of a Cowboys booster from the Saints. I'm not worrying. You had a bad game. They happened. It was on the road. You're on a 10-game win streak. You beat the team that arguably is your biggest competition in your conference in the Rams. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was the only test you really needed. I mean, you look through what happened. Drew Brees went 18 for 28. That's pretty much unheard of with only 127 yards. Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara to 36 yards, and you went 3 of 11 on third down. So it's very tough to kind of move the ball when you're not really having much success. And the Cowboys had... 36 minutes of possession compared to the 23 of the Saints. So, and then Prescott, though, how do you how do you think he did there? I think so. I think Dak Prescott, honestly, I think he did. I I I wasn't impressed, but I think he did what he needed to do to win, which is all you can really ask for from him. I mean. Think about it like two years ago, he was off of everybody's radar. Nobody wanted him. You and I were actually saying someone should draft him. Just like Russell Wilson when he got picked up in like the third round. We were like, oh wow, that's a good pickup. And even with Dak Prescott, we're like, that's a really good pickup in the right, um, you know, system. And I think uh, he was really overhyped with how loaded their team was his rookie year and how much hype they had behind that. Um, but I think he did exactly what he needed to do to win. I mean, I think he, yeah, he obviously could have done more because it's just the Saints. Like, their defense isn't, you know, a powerhouse defense. So, personally, I, I, I would probably agree with you. I'd say it's more of a confidence booster for the Cowboys. The only thing I'd worry about if I was the Saints is looking at what they did to stop them so well. Because I didn't watch a ton of the game. I don't know if you watched the whole game. But I didn't notice what the Cowboys did specifically to stop them. It looked like the Saints were kind of beating themselves. It was a mixture of that. Cowboys defense did play really well, along with kind of just keeping Drew Brees off of the field, which has been seen like with the number of like good quarterbacks, like pretty much the route to go. Yeah. So they can't beat you if they aren't on the field. True. And you have one of the best backs in the league, an Ezekiel Elliott, so he's definitely a good guy to hand the ball off to mm -hmm. but their defense obviously they did step up holding the saints only to 176 yards like yeah and i did notice demarcus lawrence played extremely well like really well at getting to drew Brees and making him like feel pressure all game so he had nothing to you know he couldn't be comfortable in the pocket 
Yeah, which is key with a guy like that. Especially because once the Saints get rolling, they just get rolling. And, I mean, they just kind of held them in check a majority of the game. Yeah, and so, I mean, I guess that leads to the next topic, which is, like, teams to watch for. So, are Cowboys, like... Uh, if As some of you know, me and Matt, we are big Cowboy... We don't like the Cowboys. We're not fans. But, after yesterday's game with that defense, do you think the Cowboys have what it takes because i feel like they can make the playoffs i feel like they have like a decently easy schedule coming up and they can easily get into the playoffs but do you think they can compete with chicago um like if the playoffs started today it would be chicago minnesota saints carolina and the rams uh or it would be switch out seahawks or carolina do you think the Cowboys could compete with some of those teams, if not all of them? I think realistically, I don't really think they have a chance against the top tier teams, obviously. I think even putting them against, like, Chicago would be a struggle for them. Just because, I mean, if Mitchell Trubisky's healthy, that team's rolling, obviously, with Khalil Mack. Mm -hmm. And you have the Vikings, who... You're just kind of waiting for that team to kind of finally appear. Yeah. And, like, look like the team that they did. Mm -hmm. You also have, like, the bubble teams with Carolina in there. I don't... I think it was definitely a good win for them, but they should be able to take care of their division with their remaining games. I mean, you got... You got to beat the Eagles, which is going to be a big one. And then the Colts have looked a lot better of late. So those two aren't really necessarily, like, gimme games, but then you're finishing off with Tampa Bay and the Giants, so... They are in, like, the driver's seat in the division if the Redskins lose mm -hmm. to the Eagles, so and then I think it's a pretty big toss-up. The Saints have the playoffs pretty much locked up, so do you think it's going to end up, like, like, do you think it's going to end up being, like, Saints-Rams most likely? Or do you think there is a possibility, like, we'll get to the bubble teams in a little bit, but do you think there's a possibility of a dark horse? In the I NFC? If I had to pick a dark horse, I'd honestly probably ride with these Bears on yeah. right now. Like, mm -hmm. they, they look, Mitchell Trubisky looks way better than he did last year. Yeah. They have their running game with Howard. They have Khalil Mack, who's just turned around that whole team, you'd assume, ever yeah. since that trade. Yep. Defense in that team has looked light years better than they have. Yeah. And then, on the flip side, you look at the AFC... Everyone's just having it as it's going to be Chiefs-Patriots. But do you think it's going to end up that way? Or do you think one of them's going to stumble? Um, I could see... If anyone's going to stumble, I'm not going to... I would never bet against the Patriots stumbling in the playoffs, ever. Um, I think if anyone stumbles, it's the Chiefs. Because you see... You saw um, their weaknesses when, it ca when their two losses came. You saw their weaknesses when it came to that defense. Their defense is so unbelievably weak. And everyone talks about it every single year. The defense wins championships. And I mean, you literally saw Seahawks versus the Broncos. The most high-powered, high-octane offense we've ever seen in NFL history. And they got completely dismantled. Utterly dismantled. It was a people turned off the game at halftime because they were getting blown out so bad, and there was like there's no chance for this to come back. So I think if anyone honestly stumbles, it's the Chiefs, and I think the AFC is actually a way stronger um, conference this year than previous years. I think there's a lot of teams that could come out of nowhere. 
Um, like, I thought last year was very one-sided AFC. We got in arguments about that. I thought last year was very obvious who was the top of the AFC, and it was very obvious which teams stood no chance. Um, but I think this year it's a lot more of, like, any anything goes. The Patriots could make it make it out, but the Steelers could also make it out. You can never count out the Ravens. You have the Texans who are on an eight-game winning streak. Um, yes, it's against weaker teams, but you can't count them out because an eight-game winning streak in the NFL, it's not like they're playing, you know, D1 AA teams. It's not like college football. Like you're playing in the NFL. You're playing against good teams regardless of who you're showing up against anyways. So you got to give them some credit for an eight-game win streak, period. But I think if the Colts make it in, you can't count out Andrew Luck. Their defense has looked a lot better as well. It, and their defense has looked better than the Chiefs on top of that, which is... And the Chiefs are 9-2. and two. So if they can do it with their caliber of a defense, I, I think Andrew Luck is, no offense, I think he's way better than Patrick Mahomes. They obviously have a better offense as the Chiefs. But again, in crunch time, I would take, I, we saw it, I would take Andrew Luck over Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes looked nervous, which, I mean, I'm not knocking him for. It's his first year as a starter in that Rams game. But he did look nervous. He looked he looked a lot more passive than he was the first, you know, 45 minutes of the game. And then the last three minutes, it looked like, I, I don't know what to do now. And the Chargers are eight and three. So they're, they have the, they're, they're tied for the second best record in the AFC. And that's a, there's a reason for it. So, I mean, before we get to the bubbles, I mean, we could always just go through the matchups this week, the need to wins. Um, the must wins for the matchups on Sunday. So, um, I would say Ravens Falcons, uh, you need to win it if you're the Ravens, right? Cause Fal Falcons are out. I think Fal you, need to, you need to keep up with the race, especially with the Colts coming mm -hmm. in so hot and they're going against that Jacksonville team that looks trash. Like the same team yeah. Last year, they look terrible. I mean, they're throwing in a new quarterback, fire their offense coordinator. Defense looks like decimated. They don't look like they want to play anymore. Yep. And you got to keep pace with them because I think the Colts are going to make a real push for that last spot with them. Mm-hmm. And then Bears-Giants, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think the Bears are going to win. I don't think I don't think the Giants line can keep up with the Bears' pass rush. I think Eli Manning's going to be on the ground more than half his throws. And then you also have, on the NFC side, you got the Panthers who've had their three-game skid. Just who, who knows? They all look frustrated. They say they need to win. They need to play better. They have a chance against Tampa Bay. If they win this game, they're still in line with the Seahawks. And then you also have the Vikings. who's they're right there. I mean, it's it's a really close race for the very last spots. In both mm -hmm. And I don't think that Buccaneers game is going to be easier, though, because you just saw, like, the last couple weeks, Jameis has finally started to sh appear. Last week, he came in for Fitz. I don't think they won, if I'm... No, they did win. Okay, never mind. I'm talking about the week before when they first put in Jameis. Yeah. They didn't win, but Jameis brought them hella close through that deficit that Fitzpatrick put them in. He played well last week. I mean, it is against the Niners, but I mean, again, he played well. That's that's what you're looking for if you're the Buccaneers, because uh, you're probably not making the playoffs this year. But you know, you can hope for next year. 
And then, so Browns-Texans is actually really interesting. I wanted to hit on this one because Browns-Texans, I think, could honestly go either way. And I think even though the Browns aren't a quote-unquote strong team, they've looked a lot stronger since Hugh Jackson has left. And I think you have to take the little challenges that Houston might face to see if they'll be an actual team in the playoffs. And I think the Browns could legitimately beat them. I think there's a good possibility that with Baker Mayfield playing better. I mean, it's not much of a game for the Browns necessarily mm. affect on their season, but they could at least make some noise. Yeah. That they are improving and they're... They aren't some team that's just going to be walked over in the years to come, pretty much. And, I mean, if you think about it, the Browns are technically only a game, a game and a half out of the second... Or, no, 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 they're in the AFC, my bad. Um, so, if you're the Browns, what do you do? Do you try and get as many wins as possible, or do you try to lose out the rest of the season to get a higher draft pick? Because I think they have a solid team. I don't think they need to lose out. I think now's the time to show that they can win. Yeah, I don't think you go into tanking mode. I think you prove your something to like yourselves this year that mm-hmm. you guys can play. Like you obviously got more wins than you have in like the past like five years, and you're just improving. You have young Baker Mayfield who's looked just progressively better, mm-hmm. and you have Jarvis Landry obviously to throw to, and then you got Duke Johnson back there. They're not necessarily that bad of a team. I just think they need time to grow. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have to talk about the Packers. Have to. They're playing the Cardinals, which seems like a gimme win. But they're awful this year. What do you think? The NFC's close. The Packers are technically a game and a half or two and a half games out. There's five games left. NFC's looked very shaky. Do you think Packers make it in the playoffs, yes or no? No, I don't have... I don't have faith in them for the rest of the year, honestly. That team has just looked so bad. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't look like the teams of the packs. Like the past Packer teams they've they haven't they put themselves in some holes, but at this point they need like a lot of help. Mm-hmm. A lot of losing from other teams to come. And so like we're t- them get in the- Oh sorry, you cut off and I thought you were you stopped talking. What were you saying? They need they definitely need help to get in yeah. The rest of the way. I mean, they granted they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way outside of the Bears, mm-hmm. but they need a lot of teams to constantly lose, and I don't see it happening. And so, two more games, or three more games I want to go over this Sunday, but this one is the one we were talking about before uh, the show. Uh, Chargers-Steelers. Uh, that is a big one. Yeah, what do you think... Okay, this game obviously means a lot because if the Chargers win, it shows they're for real. If the Steelers win, it shows that they're here to compete, but it I don't think it necessarily means as much for the Steelers as it does for the Chargers. Because the Chargers in the past, you see how they are. Yeah. So what do the Chargers need to do to win? And what do the Steelers need to do to win? Because I think what the Steelers need to do is just continue to play their game. Play that high-tempo, hand-feed James Conner, regardless if it works or not, and continue to push the pace and force the Chargers and Phillip Rivers into making a mistake. Um, because as long as they can make Phillip feel the stress, I feel like the Chargers will crumble. Yeah, I mean, 
This is, looks like a different Chargers team this year. We're always used to them starting off very slow, mm -hmm. either 2-4 and four or something like that. But they're finally having their best record since that Marty Schottenheimer 14-2 and two season. Mm -hmm. And Phillip Rivers is red hot right now. Mm -hmm. Set tying the NFL record with the 25 straight completions in a game. He just looked lights out. But losing Melvin Gordon mm -hmm. in questionable play call late in the game, not really a fan of. But... Do you think they could win without him, Melvin? Eckler has shown that he can pick up the load. I don't think they can replace him. I think it'll be a, a tough grind win. I think their defense really has to step up and get them some turnovers and get them... Get Which them is going to help. Points. They need that. They, they're going to need some help. I think it's a harder win for the Chargers than it is for the, the Steelers. Because Steelers. Steelers, they've... Even when they don't look that great, you always still have to worry about that team. That's just who they are. Yep. And then... Uh, it's probably a good thing that Bosa's back, um, but if you're the Chargers and you lose this game, do you try and get Melvin back as soon as possible, or do you let him... You have to, you have to keep him healthy, because you guys okay. are looking already like... You're not a for sure lock into the playoffs, but you know if you get in the playoffs, last year they were a team that you did not want to see yeah. if they got in. So I think they can still make some noise. They have all the talent in the world that they need. And if you win, you for sure keep him out, right? For the remainder of the season? Until he feels 100% yeah. no doubt. Okay. Because there's, there's no reason to rush that guy back. He's an essential part of your team, and he's one of the best players in the league. He's has like that Todd Gurley effect on that offense. He's, yeah. Every time he touches it, people are looking towards him. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then another game I want to talk about, Vikings-Patriots. Uh, I think this game, again, means a lot more to one team than it does the other. Uh, I think this game will show if the Vikings are for real or not, or if they're just going to be like the past Vikings teams. Patriots, I don't think it means much because they have no one in their division um, that's going to come up and snake them out of the spot. It's not like the Dolphins are going to, you know, sneak up. Um, but if you're the Vikings, they've started looking a lot better. As of recently, they started off awful and they've started looking a lot better, grinding out some wins. So if you're the Vikings, you kind of hit the, in my opinion, you kind of hit the panic button this week where it's like, if you don't win this week, you need to figure out what is going on with your team because they have practically the same team without uh, Griffin last year, but they're just not... They're not click. I don't know why they're not clicking, and they clicked more with Case Keenum. Well, if they drop this game, the Seahawks have the Niners, which should be a easy. Good game. Yeah. So then it'll bring them within. I think, depending on how their tiebreaker works, there will be either a game back or tied for that last spot. Well, Vikings have a tie on their record. Yeah, I don't know how that works in yeah. their, like, whatever the record is. But then they have the next week also look ahead to, they play the Vikings. So it's a big-time Monday night game. So you kind of want, if you're the Vikings, you, you need to win. Like, these mm -hmm. are all needed wins. Yeah. Because you look at the rest of the Seahawks schedule, who's a team right on their tail. They play the Niners twice. That's two wins. Yeah. They play the Vikings once. So if you lose that game and this game, you're, you're out, yeah. Trouble. You're, yeah. You're, it's not looking good. Granted, the Seahawks play the Chiefs once, but then you also have the Cardinals, which is another win. So you have three free wins on your record remaining, and you're looking at the Vikings, who 
they're finally starting to come around, but they need to show that they can play because they don't really have that many easy games left. The Dolphins, I wouldn't necessarily consider that a free win at all. And then you finish the season up with the Bears, who, granted, def depending on how well the Bears have done, maybe they sit out their starters because yeah. they don't want to risk anything. So that could be a potential win. But also, if they don't and you play their starters, that could be a, a loss and you could be out. Yep, and then last game I wanted to talk to you before we move on to bubble teams uh, is bubble teams, two bubble teams, uh, Redskins-Eagles. NFC East is extremely close. The Cowboys did just show that they can compete with the best of them. Regardless of what anybody wants to say, they showed they can compete with the best of them. They beat the Saints, which is a huge win. That's the hardest team they're going to play all year. Um, Redskins-Eagles. Redskins do not have Alex Smith at all. He's gone. So have Colt McCoy. Yeah. Who threw not what? Alex Smith, but three picks last week. He looks shaky, but he's not. He's not a. You, there's definitely worse backup quarterbacks. If than that guy. If you're the Eagles, though, you have to win. You have to. Yeah, you have to. And you look at the rest of their schedule. And I don't think they really play. They play the Cowboys next week, which is a half to win again. If you want to get in the playoffs, you lose that, you're done. Um, they play the Rams, which is most likely a loss. Um, then they play the Texans. So the Eagles have a little bit of a rough schedule ahead of them. Then they play the Redskins again. So Maybe the Eagles have the Rams number though from last year when Carson Wentz got hurt. Maybe this is the turnaround point. They're on Monday night. It's a primetime game. Everyone's watching. Mm -hmm. It's a very important game to both of them and that whole division. Mm -hmm. And we saw last year that the Eagles turned it on when they needed to turn it on. Like, Foles getting them through the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl. They knew how to play, and they knew how to turn it on. So, it's, I wouldn't... It doesn't look like they've been woken up yet. Yeah, I feel like this week is that wake-up game where they either... I feel like if they win, uh, I, I'd be scared of them. But if they lose, then I think they're, they're that takes all the gas out of anything they had left. Yeah, they're going to – I think they have to win out these last five games to necessarily have a chance and to win their division. Because, I mean, like you said, we play the Redskins this week. They play the Cowboys. The Rams is a very tough game to win. And I don't think the Texans game is an easy game to win either. So. Mm hmm it's you guys they have to show why they're the champs and get on a roll here otherwise they aren't even going to get a chance to defend their title yep all right and now on to bubble teams so let's start with nfc because obviously the nfc is way closer than the afc in terms of bubbles you have about i think it's five or six teams all within two games of each other you have the cowboys cowboys who are only up in their division by a win and they haven't had a bye week yet so they they still have a bye week so they're technically a half game ahead you have in their division so you have cowboys minnesota washington seattle carolina philadelphia green bay atlanta buccaneers and detroit that's 10 teams all within two games of a playoff spot as of right now, because Detroit, Tampa, Atlanta, and Green Bay are four and seven or four six and one, and then the other teams are six and five, six and five, six and four and one. So they're all within a, two games of each other. 
that's pretty damn close getting to the end of the season. Who do you think is getting in? Who do you think is no shot? Because there's 10 teams on the bubble, which is real a lot. There's five games left, 10 teams within two games of these playoff spots in the NFC. And that's all the way up to number four. So the top three slots are practically locked. Chicago, New Orleans, the Rams. Those teams are most likely getting in regardless. Um, but the other four to 13 are not locked at all. They're all two games apart. I think the Seahawks are my favorite bubble team to get in. That's going to mm -hmm. take out one of the NFC East teams, either the Redskins or the Cowboys. I th I'm, I give the Eagles a little bit of hope. Yeah. I'm kind of nearing riding them out. Okay. I'm going to surprise. I'm, I'm going to ride out the Panthers. I don't, I don't think they get in. They have to play the Saints two times, and they also have to play the Falcons, who I don't think is necessarily a bad team. They just haven't necessarily looked like themselves. Okay. They play the Browns, which I think they could get upset by too. So your playoff picture is Rams, New Orleans, Chicago, Dallas, Minnesota, and Seattle. That's what I'll go with, yeah. I don't, okay. I don't think the Packers get in. I think the Cowboys can hold it off. They've looked a lot better. I mean, if Alex Smith didn't went didn't go down, I think it's a whole completely different conversation. Mm -hmm. But I think Seattle's real hot. They have some easy games coming up to get some wins. They do. And then the Vikings. I think the Packers are the longest shot that could possibly do it, depending if the Vikings just keep stumbling and they randomly wake up and decide to win some football games. Okay. So, I would say my NFC East playoff picture, I'm going to go a little bit, I'm going to go a little outlandish, but mine's going to have stipulations. So, I'm going to have two. I'm going to have two NFC East. So, my first one is obviously going to be Rams, New Orleans, Chicago, Dallas, Minnesota, and I'm going to go with, hmm, okay, I'm going to go with Philly for six, six spot. I'm gonna. Philly wins out. I'm gonna go with Philly, but this is what I was saying. On the stipulation that they win this week, if they win this week, I ride out Philly. I think Philly has their legitimate chance. Okay, but my second one, if Philly doesn't win this week, I think it's gonna be Rams, New Orleans, Chicago, Minnesota, and. I'm going to have to say Seattle. I don't like the Seahawks, but I'm going to have to say Seattle with you because I think Carolina's too shaky. I feel like they don't have as easy of a schedule coming up, and I do not think they have what it takes to beat the Saints unless the Saints start sitting people like Kamara, stuff like that. I so after that loss, though, the Saints, are, they're, they're out to prove they want that one mm -hmm. seed. So you saw they that them when they played the Rams at home gave them such a big advantage of having those fans behind them. Yeah, got them to that win. And so I am I am gonna go with that's the order too. So I do think either way Rams are gonna come out first seed. I feel like their schedule is so fucking easy. Um, yeah. and I think uh even though I do think Philly if they get in um. That would be an interesting tiebreaker, I think, New Orleans takes. But, again, I think Philly can get in without beating the 
Rams. I think what they. About the AFC side though. If you want to like flip. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's look at AFC. So AFC. It's that, it's that last spot. Yeah, we have the last spot. We have Baltimore, Colts, Miami, Cincy, Denver, Tennessee, and the Browns all within two games of that spot. Um, you have the Chargers who play a decently, you know, difficult team. Um, it, I mean, the Chargers can lose out, and so can Pittsburgh. They are also... So it is, again, that... Well, Chargers can't really? No, they can't. The char Or, yes, they can, because they're still technically a wild card. So actually, again, that 4-2-12... Is pretty close. I think it's a lot less close than it looks on paper. Um, I think that... I don't think the Ravens are getting in without Joe Flacco. I don't think Lamar Jackson is ready enough. That's the only reason I'm saying it's not close. Is I really, truly don't see Pittsburgh falling out regardless if they win or lose against the Chargers. I just don't see them missing out on that spot. And I could be wrong, but I don't... I like Lamar Jackson, but I don't believe he's good enough to do anything. And I've like it, just watching him, he looks lost. Um, I think the Chargers are pretty much a shoe in because their record is so damn good. Um, and honestly, my opinion is the Colts make it in. Um, I think they are. I think they're a bubble team that ha they. I did not think they were going to make the playoffs to start the season. They just look terrible, mm -hmm. and then. Andrew Luck has looked like Andrew Luck of old. Yeah, he and looks just, ridiculous. I'm just carrying this team, and I don't, I don't think the Dolphins mm. have a shot. I don't think the Bengals have a shot. And I think the good thing about the Colts and what they're doing so well right now is they got Eric Ebron from the Lions, and that dude didn't work with the Lions because I think he needed to be used more. And now that he's used so much, he looks, he looks like a top tight, top tier tight end. He yeah, he's athlete. Yeah, he's athletic as hell. He can go up and make grabs, and now Andrew Luck has more than just T.Y. Hilton to throw it to. Um, I think the Colts' defense, you know, it's not great, but I don't think it's as bad as it's been. I think it's looked a lot better than it's been. Um, and then the other teams, I don't see Cincy pulling anything out. I don't see Miami pulling anything out. I don't see Denver doing anything. Tennessee... I can't count Tennessee out because Marcus Mariota has proved that he can come up and surprise some teams. But if I'm, you know, putting my money on the line, I'm saying it's going to be KC, New England, Houston, Pittsburgh, Chargers, and Indianapolis. But I also don't think the AFC is going to be as one-sided as the NFC. I think the NFC is going to... So, I mean, let's go Super Bowl, NFC predictions, dark horses. Um... I think the NFC, if anyone's a dark horse, is Chicago. I do really like Chicago. Uh, if you didn't know, Matt and I had a really close family friend pass away a few years ago. He's a huge Chicago Bears fan, so we have a special place for Chicago in our hearts. Well, at least I do. <laughs> um, uh, we have a special place for that team in our hearts. Uh, we obviously want to see them root well, do well, um, especially for him. Um, I do think Chicago can... I think they could beat the Rams, to be honest. I don't think they could beat the Saints. I think they could beat the Rams, though. It's, I think you have to see Mitchell Trubisky 
grow up very fast. Yeah. And I think Khalil Mack has to carry that team all the way there if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's a possibility if because they are hot. Yeah. And I think they – I don't – I personally don't think the Rams – I, I don't even think home field advantage is the biggest advantage for them because they even showed last year they lost to a Falcons team yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. And I think they have they, added a lot though. They've added yeah. a lot since that team. But then, I'd, I'm more afraid of the Saints in the yeah. playoffs at home of than course. I am with the Rams at home. Definitely, if I'm going through the NFC wise, unless the Vikings get very hot, that's my other team. I'd maybe say, but if we're going dark horses. I'd ride with the Bears as well in the mm-hmm. NFC. And so, okay, let's go for Super Bowl contenders NFC. I'm saying if it's my if, if it's who I want, it's the Bears. Uh, and I think they have a legitimate case to win. They ha- they are well-rounded just like every other team that's at a top tier. I think their defense, their defense is better than the Saints and their defense has proved to perform better than the Rams. On paper it's not, but they've been performing better in my opinion than the Rams. So, I think they could legitimately make the Super Bowl, and I'm not just saying this because I like them. Um, I think my Super Bowl prediction is either Bears or Saints. Those are my Super Bowl predictions from the NFC, is Bears or Saints. What do you have for your AFC Dark Horse, then? My AFC Dark... uh, My AFC Dark Horse... I mean, I don't know if they're considered a Dark Horse, but I'd say the Chargers. Um, I think the Chargers... I think Phillip Rivers... Man is, that dude's bad. And I feel like if you let that dude get in the playoffs, he's so hungry and so deserving for a ring that, and that whole team has some proof. Melvin Gordon has, is trying to prove he's better than Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. Melvin Gordon's trying to prove he's a, a top tier running back. You have Keenan Allen trying to prove that, you know, he's a top tier receiver. You have Antonio Gates trying to prove he's not too old. You have that whole Chargers defense trying to prove that they're better than the Broncos defense. And you have Phillip Rivers trying to prove that he's a top five quarterback in the NFL history. So I personally think that the Chargers, if they are considered a dark horse, would be my dark horse. And I think the Super Bowl coming out of AFC, my two teams would probably be the Chargers or the Patriots. I do not think Kansas City has the defense to take them far enough when it comes to playing teams like Pittsburgh, uh, Houston, Chargers, Indy. Um, I just don't... I I could even see... Honestly, I could see Indy being a dark horse as well um, if the Chargers stumble. I think Indy could very well make a push for it as well. Um, But I would say, you know, my true two teams would be Chargers, New England, but I would not be surprised if Indy made it all the way up there either. I think the Chiefs, the biggest thing is, can Mahomes beat Brady? We saw him, they played terrible the first half against the Patriots, and they came back and almost won the game. I think their biggest thing besides defense is, can he beat a very well-proven veteran quarterback when it matters? So who are your teams? AFC, NFC. I have the Chargers as my dark horse getting through. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna actually pick the Chiefs as my favorite. I think they're gonna get hot, and I think they're gonna be able to ride it all the way. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna meet up with the Saints in the Super Bowl. Okay. And dark horse, I'm gonna go. 
to make it to the Super Bowl. I'll go with the Bears as well to make it to the Super Bowl. How cool would it be? Seattle. I would not be a, a surprise if Seattle snuck in and somehow ended up in the NFC title game, though. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it there. I don't think they'll make the Super Bowl, though. I think they're way too weak. Um, how cool would it be if there was a Bears-Chargers Super Bowl? How rad would that be? Two teams not on anybody's radar for the Super Bowl, and they just come out swinging, and they're at the Super Bowl together. Somewhat on people's radars, but they definitely don't now. Now, now I still don't even think they are like teams that people have been sleeping on them. People don't know who the LA Chargers are. People just see the LA Rams. They don't talk about them. They talk about Mitchell Trubisky and Cleo Mack. Yes, they don't talk about the Bears being the legit contender. Like you see their record, they're eight and three. Mm -hmm. Very good. They're competing with the top tiers. Yeah, and I don't think people talk about them enough we just talk about only the chiefs and obviously the page like the top four teams yeah like that's all they ever talk about well besides scratching houston but yeah i don't think anyone i don't think houston is my dark horse either purely because i think their defense looks really good um i think jj watt looks really good again um and deshaun watson has looked insane he's looked crazy having demarius thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, who I actually just found out has is the best receiver in the NFL right now and the best catch-to-drop ratio because he's caught 71 passes and hasn't dropped a single pass this season. Yeah, that guy's unbelievable. So, I mean, I can see... I, I honestly feel like the AFC is so competitive. So competitive. I think so many teams can do so many... I think, honestly, if any of the teams get to the AFC title game, I, I could make an argument for why they could make it, you know? In the AFC. NFC, not so much. Like, I don't see Dallas making it at all. I don't see Minnesota making it unless they get retarded hot. And then I don't see Washington, Seattle, Carolina, Philly making it back to the Super Bowl. Like, I feel like it's Rams, Saints, Bears. That's it. Reminds me of like the Western Conference and basketball, yeah. pretty much. Just everything's like super close. Speaking of basketball, we had Warriors versus Raptors yesterday. Kevin Durant dropping 51, showing yet again how valuable Steph Curry is to that team um, when they lost by three points in overtime. You had some weird calls. Kevin Durant was defending Kawhi, but Kawhi was not defending Kevin Durant, he was on clay the whole game. Um, what, what do you do? I mean, obviously if you're the Warriors, you're not ever going to stress. You're not ever going to hit the panic button because Steph and Draymond are out. Once they come back, they're going to go back to their regular dominance. But I feel like that's a really good confidence boost if you're the Raptors because they're looking ridiculous right now. They're 19 and four. They're sitting on top of the, uh, East by a mile, which yes, the East is weak. But, I mean, people kind of, you know, people didn't think they'd be too great, regard I mean, even with Kawhi, but he's looked really good. So, wh what does that game mean to you, the Warriors-Raptors game, honestly? I think more so, you, we saw what a Kevin Durant solo-type team, him being, like, the only guy, really looked mm -hmm. like. Yeah. If you want to jump into, like, how... 
free agency. Maybe he goes to New York. Is this what that team looks like? I mean, mm-hmm. he dominated the game. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, but... And they still have a good team. That's the yeah, crazy yeah, part. Team, you're, you're missing arguably the best player in the world in Steph Curry, and then you're missing out the heart of your team in Draymond Green. Below average That's player. Some people are <laughs> saying that, but I mean, you're missing two key guys, so I think... If anything, it shows the Warriors are back onto the right track, and Kevin Durant is—he's Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. You, you can't stop that guy—a seven-foot guard that shoots lights out. It's mm-hmm. like absolutely insane. I think I don't think there's ever a panic button for the Warriors, but I think it is a good win for the Raptors and showing out for their home fans at home, beating them. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi Leonard looks like the top five player everybody thought Kawhi Leonard was. Mm-hmm. It still is. Think and he's better than Kevin Durant? I don't think he's better than Kevin Durant just because Kevin Durant, look what he did with the guys that were on his team that night. Granted, the Warriors are insanely loaded, and Klay Thompson is one of the best players in the league, but he just almost carried that team with 51 points in the past three games. He's averaged over 48 points a game. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then... Another game last night, Clippers-Kings. Clippers won again. Clippers still standing number one, but and people, the two teams following him are the Warriors and the Nuggets. Are the Clippers for real? Or, I mean, obviously they're not going to be a for real one seed because once the Warriors again get healthy, get their players back, there's not, I mean, this obviously, all these predictions right now um, for people watching, obviously we're not saying that any of these teams are going to dethrone the Warriors because... Yet again, they are not healthy. Um, They don't have Steph Curry on the court, who alone would make that team number one seed still. Um, And they still don't have DeMarcus Cousins playing. So once playoffs get here, no, I don't think anyone's going to dethrone them. But are the Clippers showing that they can compete in the West? Other teams scratching the Warriors off the board. I think so. I mean, I don't think anybody really expected this out of them at all. I definitely did not expect this. I thought they were going to be a bottom-of-the-barrel team. Mm-hmm. But Tobias Harris and all of them, I mean, they're playing a different... They aren't playing L.A. flashy-type basketball. It's really, like, grindy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they aren't top, they're near the top of the league in points, which you wouldn't really think when you watch that team play, but they're fourth. Mm-hmm. And their defense is... They play tough. It's not the greatest, but I mean, they've just been playing solid team basketball, I think, and just winning these games. Mm -hmm. The West is no easy place, obviously. I mean, they've beaten the Warriors already this year. They've shown that they can win these games. I mean, I think if the Clippers end, I think it's going to level out, obviously. It's very early in the season. I don't think they're going to ride this, like, top of the west wave for a very long time but i think if they make the playoffs that's a huge success for that team because i don't think many people really had that team at all in the western conference playoff Mm -hmm. all right and then i mean let's do the flip side bottom of the barrel houston rockets um literally second worst team in the western conference uh what the hell happened they 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 got rid of carmelo and they're still losing so it obviously isn't just Carmelo. Um, I don't, yeah. What is going on? I don't think you hit the panic button quite yet, but a four-game losing streak is not good. 
I mean, that team just, they don't look like themselves. Like, we don't. It just looks like the James Harden show, but they aren't getting much offense out of anybody else. Mm-hmm. Ranking 20th in the league in that. <laughs> and you have him obviously scoring a majority of your points like he's always going to do. But these other guys, I think losing Trevor Ariza was a huge yeah. blow to that team that they don't, they're feeling now, but I don't necessarily think they took they, they took them for granted, I think, in my opinion, because you don't have that lockdown defender anymore, really. Yep. You don't have a guy who is a knockdown three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just feeling that. Granted, they have some injuries right now, but I, st- I think they they climb back into the... I think they'll finish middle of the pack in the West, but mm-hmm. definitely not the start everybody was anticipating from them or what they wanted in their eyes and their own. And then, so let's bounce back up to the middle of the pack. Uh, Lakers, um, team close to our hearts. Uh, 12-9, and nine, sitting at tied for whatever, sixth seed in the West. I mean, it's early, so it doesn't really matter what seed. But um, we've talked a lot about this because we're both Lakers fans. What? Obviously, there's struggles start with LeBron. Um, a lot of people want to say, oh, this is another Cavs team. No, it's not. It's uh, uh, LeBron stunting young players' growth team. I think LeBron was a poison to this team. I wasn't really ever saying happy about LeBron. Um, what are their struggles, do you think, when they're losing? But what do you think they're doing well when they're winning? When losing, I would say it's definitely lackadaisical defense mm-hmm. and also really bad rebounding. They, you've seen they can't guard. If it's when they're losing, you mean? Three, yeah, when they're okay. losing, they can't rebound. They got out-rebounded by like 20 to mm-hmm. the Nuggets the other night. Mm-hmm. And when a team is hitting threes on them, they look like chickens with their heads cut off running around trying to scramble. And yeah. then themselves on the flip side on offense – are throwing up three-point shots when none of them are really good three-point shooters. Yep. They live and die by it. Granted, LeBron's leading the team in almost every single category. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing for No, I don't. I don't because you have players that can't... You, you signed Rondo, who, you know, it was obviously there to coach up Lonzo. Um, but if you have Rondo and Lonzo and you have probably, I mean... Some people might disagree, but Rondo is one of the greatest true point guards we'll ever see. Um, especially in today's league, I think if he was in another time era, he would have blown up way more. But people for- seem to forget just how good that dude was four or five years ago. Um, in that dominant first four or five years of his career where the dude could drop seven points but have like 20-something assists and his team would just destroy and people are like wow he's actually an insane true point guard so that's my problem i think is why is lebron leading the team in in assists if you brought in a a a assist driven point guard to help another assist driven point guard get better in assists shouldn't rondo and lonzo be the ones with all the assists i think they don't necessarily know what the rotations are when you're watching the games like i feel like they're very they're wanting Brandon Ingram to be that second guy next to LeBron, even mm-hmm. though their play styles don't necessarily complement each other that well. 
and I think they're they're stressing it so much it's putting other other players at fault for other things. Like Brandon Ingram is not a great defensive player. Mm-hmm. He's not. He throw he can make some shots. He's not a good three point shooter. Mm-hmm. All things that LeBron needs on a team, and you have your point guards. Both are not good shooters, and you're wanting them to not have the ball in their hands. So you're having a useless player on the floor. I'm not. Afraid. I'll let Rajon Rondo shoot a three point shot with nobody in the gym <laughs> every single time. And you see Lonzo Ball, he might make three out of ten. You'll live with that if you're the other team. Mm-hmm. But it's just they don't look like they know their rotations and they're wanting to they're not letting their guys develop. You gotta let them develop and play how they should, not force your play style to mm-hmm. fit this player, which I think they're doing. So in my my opinion, I think going into free agency this year, um I personally think you don't go for K D, you don't go for, you know, Kawhi, I think you really try and target Clay Thompson and you really try and target Anthony Davis because they want two stars. I think if you're going for two stars, you focus on those two because one, not, the Lakers don't have a shooting guard. And I think two, the Lakers don't have a big man that can dominate the paint. Um, and yeah, I think Kevin Durant and Kawhi would be great for the you know show of LA, which Magic Johnson's obviously trying to do with the LeBron signing. Um, but I think if you want to win, those are the two you go for with the Lakers. Cause then you have a defender, you have two defenders that are lights out three point shooters as well. I, I just don't see Clay Thompson leaving the Warriors though. I think he's going to stay there. I agree. Anthony Davis is the guy. If he's available, you, you think you target them in. though, right? You think you you if you if those two are willing to test the market, would those two be your focus? If like, not for, mm. or who would be your focus if you had two I stars? Would, if Clay Thompson was very open to leaving, yes, I'd target him, but I don't see it being likely. Mm-hmm. But so in that respect, I'd go after. One, Anthony Davis over everybody, if that guy's available. Okay. He is an absolute freak. And everywhere, just defense, offense, rebounding, blocks. He's he's an upgrade, a for sure upgrade for any team in the NBA mm-hmm. at your center position. And then I'd probably go for Kawhi Leonard, mainly for his defense, because this team's defense looks like the YMCA out there. Yeah. They, they, have, they have no idea what they're doing. And this guy is proven to be one of the best if not like the best two-way player in the league okay and just as defender wise and he can shoot the ball pretty well i think lebron will have to play a little bit more passive with him because i think Kawhi has no problem with getting his teammates more involved and yep. not needing to be the guy versus him mm-hmm. but i think if lebron wants to win it's not going to be lebron like cleveland type teams where they're getting all these specialists that they say for him it's uh, you're gonna have to play team basketball and you're gonna have to win with these guys. Yep. Give me one second. I think a package is at my door. Hold up. All right, that's getting edited out of the YouTube video, but 
now I know it's too early to tell, um, but playoff predictions, scratching the Warriors, what teams do you think will do well out of the East and West? Um, and what teams do you think are going to be, you know, just those f- gap fillers? Because um, I don't think any either conference is really competitive. I think, you know, in the East you have like two teams. In the West you have one team beside, um, besides the Warriors. Or no, besides the Warriors you probably have like two teams. But, you know, um, I think it's pretty obvious Warriors are going to win again. Um, but let's do way too early predictions. Who do you got as your top teams in the East? Who do you got as your top teams in the West? Warriors are obvious, but, you know. I'm going to ride with what's already at the top of the East in the Raptors and the Bucks. The Celtics, I still think, will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, even though they're off to a horrid start, but... Because those, both those teams are proven to be regular season superstars in the Raptors mainly. And then the Bucks look a lot better. I mean, they look like they're developing their guys pretty well. So I don't think they have a real chance against the Warriors, either of those teams. Maybe the Raptors, if Kawhi could carry them. But obviously it's the Warriors out of the West. And out the second team in the West, I would say... I'm going to ride with the Nuggets. I think... I don't think the Trailblazers, they're going to do what Trailblazers do and get swept in the first round again. I don't think the Thunder are that great, honestly, mm-hmm. to make it there. The Mavericks, not ready. Lakers, not a chance. <laughs> Clippers, I I think maybe they could take a game off the Warriors if they ever got there or anything, but I still don't think they're real competition. Yeah. I, I'm probably going to have to agree with you. I'm going to say teams in the East are probably Toronto and Philly. Um, maybe Detroit sneaks in there. Blake Griffin's been playing really well. Um, I think Philly needs to get rid of Markel Fultz and cut the you know BS with he's going to see more specialists, blah, blah. His shoulder's still acting up. I, I, I think the dude's done. His career's over. Unfortunately, I feel bad for him, yes. But, it, I mean, shit happens. So, I think, you know... Fultz is probably not, you know, going to do anything. get anything for him, though, or do you just let him go? I'd let him go. I, I don't think you'll get much. I mean, if a team is, you know, not smart enough to take something decent, I say try and get a draft pick or try and get a shooter like Kyle Korver. Try and trade him to the Jazz and say we'll take Korver because you need a shooter. Um, and Korver's a good defender, so there you go. I mean, and then on the worst case scenario, Markel Fultz does come back and, you know, becomes decent because he'll never be great. Um, I think, you know, there you go. You have Kyle Korver. They obviously want to win in some sort of fashion sometime soon. Um, but, you know, Ben Simmons obviously does not care to uh, work on his shot. Joel Embiid can't be the only shooter, and J.J. Redick is so hot or cold. It's crazy. Um, Toronto has Kawhi Leonard, so I'm never counting them out. Kyle Lowry's solid, and he compliments Kawhi a lot better than he complimented, what's his face, uh, DeRozan. Mm-hmm. And then in the West, you know, obviously the Warriors. I don't think it's much competition, but I think they'll probably face the Clippers or the Nuggets, I think maybe, just maybe, if the Rockets sneak in and start, you know, finding themselves, they can do some damage. I think the Spurs are looking worse this year than they have any time in the past, like, 15, 20 years of Popovich yeah. being there. 
Um, I think DeRozan was, I, I mean, I know it was a necessity to get rid of Kawhi, so you wanted to get something, but, you know, DeRozan just isn't the player I think Kawhi is. No offense, but just kind of the truth. Um, Do you think I, a team, though, in the West is going to tank uh, to I, match the East? Because the East, they're half of their conference is Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix is already tanking as much as the East. They have the same record think, as the Cavs. Do you think the, the Kings, Spurs, or Jazz are all in that 10-12, 10-11 range? I think, Popovich, I think Popovich is too proud to tank, so I don't think they'll tank. I think the Kings are looking really good now that Marvin Bagley's like been hitting 2020s, like averaging like 2020s the past few games. So I think they're going to just ride that out. And I mean, you... I think you'd have to very obviously tank to reach the likes of Atlanta, Chicago, New York, and Miami. Um, like it would have to be very obvious because those teams are making it obvious that they're just tanking. Because Chicago, they were a playoff team last year. They didn't lose anybody. So, or they were almost in the playoffs. So, I, I think they're just kind of, you know, trying. I think if you're the Pelicans, you tank. You're losing Anthony Davis, tank. He's not coming back. I think I, I would tank. If I'm any team and I know I'm not getting the playoffs, I'm tanking. <coughs> and I think also, um, if you're a team like New Orleans, you not only tank, but you try getting rid of Anthony Davis and sending him to Cleveland or Atlanta or Chicago for that pick. And then you make another deal on draft day trying to get the Zion Williamson pick. I don't think anybody is going to do it because I think Zion Williamson is going to be better. Probably one of the best players ever if he stays healthy, personally. Um, I know it's really early to say that, but look at his size, athleticism, stamina, shooting, driving, his command of the post, which you don't see in a shooting guard. He's 285 pounds, like he has everything you'd want in a player and he's very efficient with the shooting yeah so you know i think i don't see why phoenix if i'm phoenix and i'm tanking i'm trying to trade back they don't need zion they have devin booker who's retarded he, he's insane the dude's crazy you don't need zion because you're gonna just basically be getting rid of devin booker for zion devin booker is not a point guard zion is not a small forward He's too short because could you imagine Zion lining up on Kevin Durant? He'd make him look like a joke. Yeah, Zion's bigger, but Kevin Durant doesn't need to take him to the post ever. And so I think if I'm Phoenix, sure, get the first overall pick, trade back and get someone to compliment Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton because you don't need Zion. And I think if any team stays in the draft to draft Barrett, I think you're you've lost your mind um I, honestly i think you've lost your mind i think that dude is terrible um actually awful he shoots like a whopping 30 percent from the field and doesn't stop like he's like a yeah i don't even know who to compare him to because i haven't seen someone command the ball so much and miss so much and continue to command the ball the way he has um but yeah, if I'm Phoenix, I tank to trade back and get someone that will compliment um, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, like a point guard. Um, I'd try and get a point guard out of someone. Like, let's look at the teams. You have Houston, Atlanta, Cleveland, Chicago, New York, Miami, 
None of them really have any solid point guards. There aren't many solid point guards, I think, now in the, right now in the league. Um, there is John Wall on the Wizards, but I don't know anybody I'd, who'd be willing to trade for that contract, especially how he's playing right now. And I don't think you want him with scores, is my problem. I don't. I, I think you have to be very careful, because I think, even Kobe Bryant said it, Devin Booker could be as good as him. Devin Booker is ridiculous. That kid is so freaking talented. I think he could be insanely good. He doesn't have the size of Zion, but the dude is confident. He's only 22 because he came in the league at like 19. So he's still so young. Yeah. And he's not, he, he drops 50-point games like they're nothing. Like He'll do it with ease, and he shoots super efficient. Um. I think you want a true point guard. I think, honestly, if I'm them, I try and get Lonzo. If the Lakers are willing to shop Lonzo, could you imagine how disgusting Lonzo would be with DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker? Could you imagine that team? Lonzo is worth that, that pick, though. If they get the first overall pick, they need to give up. I think you'd ask the Lakers for their first pick, for their first round pick, and Lonzo. I think you could get more than that out of them. I think if you if you could, yes. But I would consider Lonzo and that pick a win. Do you think though the Lakers talking about trading in the Lakers still what moves do you think they'll make? Do you think they move Brandon Ingram? Is he the key piece in any deal that they make? I don't think they'll trade him because Magic Johnson loves him too much, but I think they should trade him. I think they should trade him. I think if you're not going to use Lonzo, you need to get rid of him because you're just wasting his time and you're stunting his growth and development. Um, so you're not going to get anything out of him because if you wait, you know, three, four years for LeBron to retire, he's already going to be what, 25, 26? And, or 20, he'll be like 24, 25. That, that's crucial growth from that 20 to 25. Um, I think that. If the Lakers were intelligent, you trade for, um, you trade away BI. Um, I think you want to open up that spot, um, with all the free agents coming out next year, it's stacked. Um, but I also think that if I'm Phoenix, I'm making an aggressive move to Lonzo. That's what I think personally. If I'm Phoenix and I want to win, I'm making an aggressive move to Lonzo. Um, cause you know, Lonzo's unhappy. Um, like and the Lakers have been hinting at shopping him. Um, so I think if I'm Phoenix, you, you shot, you, you ask why not? I mean, shoot, Niners didn't think they'd get Jimmy Garoppolo last year and they got him. So yeah, maybe people are saying, well, there's no point. They're not going to give him an offer. Maybe Phoenix does offer them something too good to pass up. And, you know, it's a high pick. They get Lonzo. They get a also first-round pick if they can somehow squeeze out a little bit more juice. Yeah. But I honestly feel like if you get Lonzo and a first-round pick, you haven't... You, you, got, you got the win already. The extras would just be like a cherry on top. I think Lonzo is a lot better than people are giving him credit for. And I think Lonzo on a team that would let him run the ball, like Phoenix would... Dude, could you, like, just imagine, you have Booker on the outside wing, Lonzo running the ball, you have DeAndre Ayton in the paint, you know, like, 
I, I honestly think that if they got Lonzo, they would, in like a year or two, they would be one of the best teams in the league. Easy. If they Or if they got a point guard like Lonzo. I don't know. What do you think the Lakers should do? I think you shot B.I., but I don't think they will. I think they're going to try to. I think they're going to see if Anthony Davis is going to become available. And I think if he does, that team's going to look a lot different in a hurry. I think a lot of those young guys are going to go away, and they're going to be in New Orleans, back with their teammate. Who do you think they'd trade? Okay, so who do you think they would trade for AD? And who do you think... So, uh, hmm, trying to phrase this question correctly. Who do you think that the Pelicans would take, and who do you think the Lakers should not give up, basically? Like, what what are you willing to give? But I think they're going to make a strong ask for those four young guys. I think they're going to ask for B.I. I think they're going to ask for Kuzma, and they're either going to want Hart or Lonzo. But I think they're going to want... For sure, B.I. and Kuzma. And I who do you think is worth giving up? Who do you who would you give up for AD? You, but you also have to remember, the Pelicans don't have much leverage. Because he is going to be a free agent. Could be. Well, that's if he opts out of his deal. I think he will. Year. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm offering B.I. And if you could get away with giving up, like, maybe Wagner and heart and possibly a pick and hold on to Lonzo. I think I think Kuzma's of a for sure you don't give up, but I think you're gonna have to package Lonzo or Hart, if not both, with BI for AD. Okay. But if you get him, I think that's still a win if you can hold on to Kuzma. I think you hold on to Kuzma and Lonzo because I think you basically you don't show your hand to the Pelicans. I think because AD's still young. LeBron's old. You get AD in a trade, you re-sign him. I mean, we saw the mistake they made by getting rid of Julius Randle. The dude's been going off. And he's, you know, not their starter. Um, I think that you get AD, but I would would be very upset if they actually were willing to get rid of Kuzma and Lonzo. I wouldn't mind if they got rid of Hart, B.I., Zubak, or whatever. I would be very sad if they got rid of Lonzo and or Kuzma for Anthony Davis because that just that would just show that they're in win like today mode, which isn't what they should be because I think regardless if you have Anthony Davis and LeBron on the same court, you're not beating Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green. There's no way. You don't you don't win that this year. Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins it would uh, Anthony Davis is good. Don't get me wrong. I think if one person could shut him down, it's Demarcus Cousins. Healthy. It should be interesting. I mean, the Lakers are. Everyone knows they're playing for next year. So I think if realist, I hope to God he Magic Johnson would have a brain to yeah. if 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 he's available, you don't give up everybody for him giving up some yes because he is a great generational talent and he'd be he's going to be good for the next 10 years but you also want to have those good guys with him for the next 10 years you don't want lebron's not going to be there for 10 years he's going to be there for three yeah yeah so and jet says ingram is the lakers best player not a shot ingram i don't even think is their second best player all right And so, 
now that's enough for basketball we're going to talk about basketball a lot more coming up i mean we are only like 20 games into the season so now we're moving on to the season that's about to end college football everybody's favorite so we have a few win now games i don't think it's really too much of a big deal to talk about you know the utah versus washington the drake versus iowa state the important ones College championship games this weekend. We have Texas, Oklahoma. You have Bama and Georgia. You have Clemson and Pitt. You have Northwestern and Ohio State. All this weekend. Um, all Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Pitt, Northwestern, Ohio State, Texas, Oklahoma. All for playoff spots practically. So, let's go through these games. Texas, Oklahoma. Who you got? Why? And do you think it'll change their playoff spot? I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I think, granted, their defense is terrible. Absolutely terrible. I think Kyler Murray's is going to be too much this time. I think yeah. Texas, they caught them. They, they definitely did catch them, but... They only I won by Oklahoma, three, too. Yeah, so. there is a last-second field goal. I think it'll be kind of... I think it'll be close early, but then I think Oklahoma's just going to pull away and just kind of rub them into the dirt. Yep. And then... The only I think they win they they're not even a for sure in because does Alabama show up and win or do they show up and lose? Yeah. I think they're a lock regardless. They're the safest team, win or lose. They yes. In they hundred percent deserve to be in, win or lose. Yeah. And if they do win, I think they get in regardless of Ohio State, even if they blow out Northwestern because nobody knows or cares about Northwestern really. Mm-hmm. No one thinks they're for real. I think Texas is a much better team, a better win. And losing to Texas on a last-second field goal looks a lot better than losing by 20-plus points to Purdue. Yep. All right, and yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Oklahoma as well. Um, I know you hate me for it, but I do love Oklahoma. I've loved them for a minute since Baker. Um, I think Oklahoma is just fun to watch. I know I shouldn't because I'm an SC fan and we're rivals, but college football. I've always liked watching for the players, and I love Kyler Murray. I think he's so cool, and I really hope he goes to NFL. I think Oklahoma wins. I think that they're going to win a little bit more convincingly this time. Um, I think they really need to prove something here. I think they need to prove that they can compete with the best team. So I think if any t- if there's any time to blow out of team, it's now. Um, you can't keep allowing teams to drop 40, 50 points on your head. Because, um, yeah, that defense is atrocious. And you need to show, you need to scare Bama. You need to scare Bama so that they don't want you to get in. I think you need to put, because Bama's never nervous. But I think the one team that could make them nervous that's not an SEC team would be Oklahoma. If they blow out Texas and then if they go into the playoffs and blow out the team that they play, which will most likely be Bama, but I doubt they'll blow out Bama. I think the Bama game would be fun to watch Bama versus Oklahoma. Um, And then struggle with running quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely can move. Um, And then you were going Clemson Pitt. It's ACC. So that's the only reason I'm hesitant. I I do think Clemson's good, but ACC teams, man, are always so damn shaky clemson's the one team that's proved that they're not usually shaky it's usually florida state that proves 
that shows that they're not really that hot. Um, but I mean, I don't know, man. I think Clemson's good. I think Sunshine's a beast. Um, but I, I think Clemson's going to win if I'm using, you know, all evidence points to Clemson winning. But if they lost, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. It's ACC. Do you think then Ohio State, if they win and Clemson loses, do you think Clemson falls all the way out? Yes. I think if Clemson loses to Pitt, they fall all the way out. And I think at that point, um, they should put in UCF if they win. The only reason I'm saying that, though, is because Ohio State still lost by 29 to Purdue. You ha If Clemson loses, you have to put in the last undefeated team. You have to. What if the Georgia-Alabama game's close? You can't, you can't, you can't because you show too much favorability. I think they would put in, they would keep Clemson in before they keep Georgia in if Clemson lost. And I think, I think that would be the perfect scenario in which to shut up the UCF fans. I think that would be the perfect scenario in which you could put in the UCF fans, put in UCF, have them get blown out and then say, this is why we didn't put you in last year. Do you Be even think they win their game against Memphis when the first time when their whole team was healthy? Only uh, one by one point. Yeah, I think they'll beat them. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I think they'll beat them regardless. Um, I think if the Clemson's game's close, they stay in. Um, but I think that Clemson-Pitt game could do a lot. But I still think, because if Clemson's loses by a little bit, you can't take them out. Why? Because Ohio State got blown out to Purdue. They got blown out. They didn't. I mean, I don't know about you, but I personally think you have to leave Clemson. And if that's the two you're deciding between and you're not going to put in UCF and you're not going to put in LSU or Georgia, I think you have to keep Clemson in because then all they have to point to is, wait, we lost to an unranked team by three, for example. They lost by 29. Yeah. At home. And it's like, so, I mean, I don't know. I think Clemson's going to win, but I think if they don't win, it'll be very spicy. I don't know about you, though. What do you think? If Clemson I loses... I Clemson losing, but I think if they do, it's going to... I still think there's a strong possibility they stay in as well, because mm -hmm. it'd be their first loss, and I still think their one loss is better than anybody. I mean, I still think they're... Even if they do lose by, like more than 10 points, I still think they're a better team than Ohio State at the end of the day. I think they're a better team than UCF. They're better than all the other teams Yeah, that would potentially take their spot. And then, so, let's talk about results. What, what do you think, before the games are played, the results will be at the end of this week? Do you think Oklahoma gets in? Do you, what, what do you think? You think Oklahoma gets it? I, I think they get in. I think they beat Texas. I think Alabama takes care of business. They win. I don't think they want. I think they want that perfect record again. And I don't think you want Georgia to get in. No, I think you're they more. Should, they, they took them to overtime. Last yeah, game. I think you're more confident in beating Oklahoma than you are in Georgia. Because if you know it's a shootout, you guys are more likely to stop Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know Oklahoma's defense is one of the worst in the country. Yeah, I I would think it's the worst. I probably would take UCF's defense over Oklahoma's. Yeah. 
<laughs> like if we're being honest. And then, so in the playoffs, so we have, I think we both agree it's going to be Bama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Oklahoma 4. Dark Horse and who you think is going to win. Um, go. Dark Horse, I'm going to go, as much as I don't like them, I'm going to say Notre Dame somehow just... I think they wiggle their way into the championship game against, I'm going to say, Alabama. But I still think they lose. I think I just think Alabama is light years better than any team besides, like, maybe Clemson's the only team that gives them a run for their money. That's the only issue with these ACC teams is we can never tell until this point in the playoffs when they play an actual team. Yeah. That's I, the, I think I think they're good. I mean, they got you got a true freshman quarterback, so that's why I think they could possibly lose to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't necessarily think Notre Dame is for real, but I think it definitely could be interesting. I think that's going to be a lot more interesting game than Oklahoma Alabama, because I think Alabama is going to take care of business. That team is just insane. Tua, if he's 100% healthy, that kid's insane. Like. I, I just see them winning another one, honestly. And so, all right, I'm going to say my predictions. You're going to hate me for it, but I'm going to say Oklahoma beats Bama somehow. I'm going to say Oklahoma beats Bama somehow. I see that with a slow start. And makes it to the championship game. And I'm going to say, I think, I, f I hate Notre Dame. I really don't want to say it. Uh, I Oh, I could see them winning. Oh, and I don't want them to, but I could see it being an Oklahoma Notre Dame championship. And I really hope Oklahoma beats them. I think Notre Dame's defense is actually what's making them good. Because I mean, you saw it for USC, man. Their offense is abysmal. Yeah. But like, that's the that's what Oklahoma is doing too. They have a terrible defense, and they're just out offensing you. But you've never seen, uh, you don't usually see in college football a defense being ridiculous to the point, like, you see usually, like, Alabama, LSU defense, but they still have someone on the offense that makes it, you know, that makes it like, oh, he's a Heisman candidate, but the rest of the offense sucks. But, like, Notre Dame, it's just all defense. And I've never seen that in college football, so I think that's what's kind of interesting about them, even though I really don't like them. Um, I think that's what's interesting about their team is they don't have an offensive star. They play like a very NFL-style offense. And I think that's what throws a lot of teams off is there isn't one person to look out for on their offense. The per person to look out for is on their defense, and you don't usually see a defense that dominant that's not an SEC team. Yeah, I think also them having a good defense. Well, I think that's more beneficial than having a great offense mm -hmm. with zero defense because all you have to do is slow down that offense or if you stop them and your subpar offense can maybe get you some points. Mm -hmm. It's not your defense, and then you could easily just win the game. And yeah, exactly. Like you said about Bama-Oklahoma, if Bama comes out slow, Oklahoma's not a team that'll slow down. They will put points on the board, and Nick Saban is known to, like you again said earlier, to struggle heavily with options, you know, that run-and-gun style offense, that hurry-up offense that Oklahoma loves to run. 
with Kyler Murray because the dude can run for 100 yards but also pass for three to 400 in a game. And Bama hates that. And Nick Saban, even two years ago, tried getting it banned. Tried putting a timer on hurry-up offenses, and people were like, no. So I think that's the only way that Bama loses is... But they do have a good quarterback this year. But I think if somehow, some way, Oklahoma gets off to a hot start, maybe Tua fumbles or throws a bad ball and he gets picked, and, you know, they get like two or three touchdowns behind, I think against an Oklahoma offense, you're not coming. You're not coming back from that purely because their offense is so high-powered. Yeah. And so, but my realistic ones, not my, you know, dark horse, my realistic ones, if we're going by, you know, numbers, I'm going to say is going to be Bama Clemson um, in the finals um, in the championship game. And I think Bama is going to win it again. Um, they're just too good. They have a Heisman quarterback, you know, they, they're just too good. I think they're, I think in real, in realistic terms if Bama plays how they play, they, they lose. Like, period. I think they beat any team. They, I don't see a team that can compete. And then, yeah. So, for our last talking point, we're going to go to hockey. Um, don't care about baseball. Don't care what's happening in baseball. Bryce Harper is going to get a half a billion dollar contract. Who cares? Um, we'll talk about that next October. Um, so, we have, in hockey, we have the Buffalo Sabres who... Did a massive turnaround. One of the worst teams last year. They're now third third place, I think, in their conference. Yeah, third place in their conference. Yeah, and then you have Nashville, the Avalanche. You have a bunch of teams that weren't anything last year. Um, and then you have the Vegas Golden Knights who lost some players last year, riding the bottom of the barrel. But again, you have the Kings and the Ducks riding middle of the pack, bottom of the barrel. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins somehow at the bottom of the barrel. Um... If you're any of these teams, besides the Kings, because the Kings like kind of just suck lately, do you panic at all? I don't personally because Penguins always come back, Ducks always come back, Kings, if they are going to come back, always come back, and they're always behind at the start of the season. I don't think you panic, but I think if you're the Penguins and Ducks, you know you're better than this, mm -hmm. especially the Penguins. I mean, the Ducks have always been... I'm kind of surprised that mm -hmm. they're doing this poorly because usually they're one of the teams near the top in the mm -hmm. West, and then they choke in the playoffs. Kings, I'm not surprised. They've been pretty bad for the past couple of years now. Yeah. I mean, Golden Knights, I mean, you knew that that whole run was going to, they were going to settle down into reality eventually. And they lost a lot of players. Yeah. But. So, I mean, Avalanche, I haven't watched too much of the Avalanche. I'm going to be honest here. Um, I'm talking about them. I have not watched them too much. They seem to have a good record. Um, oh, so their goalie is one of the best in the league. The only team that's allowed less goals than them looks like it's the... Pre no, Boston's only allowed 60, but they can't score. So they have one of the best goalies in the league, but they have one of the... Oh, I think they have the best offense in the league. Besides Tampa Bay. They have the most goals scored. So, I mean, they're on a six-game win streak. So, obviously, they've pulled together something. I don't know what the hell's going on with them. Tampa Bay's always pretty good. Yeah. Um, do you it's think... Pretty early on. Yeah, it's pretty early on, but 
let's go early predictions on hockey. Do you think who do you think are going to be the top teams? Who do you think has the potential to be a top team? And then we can just finish it up. I think Tampa Bay stays near the top. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna say I'd like to see the Islanders finally like do very well because they've been <sighs> pretty bad for so long. In the West, I still think Nashville is going to stay at top, and I'm going to say Winnipeg is going to be the two team. I think okay. San Jose is going to be obvious. I think San Jose is going to be dangerous in the playoffs as they always are, but I don't, I don't see them as like a serious contender. Do you think the Ducks come back, do something, pull something together? Uh, if anything, they're going to pull another first round uh, elimination. For so, the so here's a interesting stat for you on the Ducks: goals allowed this season is 77. Goals for this season, 62. So they are literally averaging a loss. Just about. Yeah, they're a negative 15 differential, whereas the Avalanche are a 25 differential. The only higher team with a better differential is the Maple Leafs, and they're at 26. So they're not much better. Um, that's pretty bad. What What is going on with their offense, do you think? Just gets laugh getting old? I don't even think that's necessarily the thing. I just, I just think it's classic Ducks type of stuff. Like True. for the most part, I mean, like Getzlaff is still he's leading your team in every, every category. Yeah. Goals, assists, and points. He's he's obviously not the issue. You know who's interesting to me is Edmonton, the team just below the Ducks, um, a little bit better differential. How do you do so poorly with Connor McDavid on your team? And, like, they've had such high picks the last, like, three years. Well, they just did have a coaching change. They fired oh, okay. coach. So, I mean, it's probably a little bit of a shake-up right now. Because, I mean, you're adjusting to a new coach again, which... I It's not it's not good in any sport when you're flip-flopping with coaches and yep. stuff like that. Like you're, They have a pretty decent team on paper. I think it's this time everyone waiting to see Connor McDavid in the playoffs and be this Wayne Gretzky type guy that everyone's hyped him up to be. Hmm. Well, I ain't got really much more to say about anything today. I don't know about you. No. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for the first ever Powerhouse Sports Podcast. We're going to try to do it every Friday at 2 so that we get right before the football games. Right before college football can, you know, go through the week. Um, yes, I know we didn't cover any drama. Um, we don't, I don't know about Matt. Uh, we kind of discussed this. We don't really care to get into the drama of the players, you know, um, like the Dwight Howard thing or, you know, Kareem Hunt just, you know, pushing a girl, anything like that. We don't really care to get into too much of the drama. We just want to talk about sports, have fun like we usually do and decided to make it into a podcast. So I appreciate you guys all for stopping by. It will be on YouTube. We're making a new YouTube channel for it. Um, we're probably going to make a Twitter, um, probably make a Twitch page for it, a new one. But for now, it's just going to be on uh, my Twitch. And then I will link the YouTube on my Twitter. Um, and we're going to post it on the Powerhouse Sports Podcast Twitter. Um, we're going to get some graphics done. But yeah, I appreciate you guys all for stopping by. Again, I'm Tyler, one of the co-hosts. And then... Matt, take us out of here. Thank you guys for coming in, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.